me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye work of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. God bless you. you. May be seated this morning. Some powerful scriptures there. Amen. The priority of obedience. I want to read a little story. We usually have one in every uh, lesson that we have, but we will know the author of this story for sure, Brother James Kilgore. Uh, the late Brother James Kilgore told the story of a Sunday school girl who wanted to have something to give in the offering at church, but she had no money. This was a small child. She had no money. She was like one of the children who rode the bus to Life Tabernacle. But something was different about this girl. She was not content just to let the offering plate pass by her. Before she boarded the bus, she found a single bloom from a solitary stem of a flower. That tiny flower would be her offering in Sunday school. How many moms has ever got a flower from your child and it just melted your heart? Come on, amen. Can you imagine the delight she must have felt placing her tiny bloom into that offering plate that morning? There's something satisfying about giving what we have to God, even when it seems insignificant to others. She gave with her childlike excitement. A sensitive Sunday school teacher observed her giving that morning and thought, I must take this flower uh, to Pastor Kilgore and tell him the story. Uh, when he received the tiny balloon and heard the touching story, the Holy Spirit nudged the pastor to share the story in the service that morning. As he, be, as, as he was obedient to the prompting of the Spirit, an atmosphere of giving swept uh, across the congregation. You know, we can change every atmosphere when we come into the house of God. We should, as Holy Ghost-filled Christians, we should change the atmosphere wherever we're at. Amen. We live in a world that's down, down, down. They need help. They need, uh, it's full of troubles and, and all things are going on. But we that are Holy Ghost filled will have the power in Jesus' name to change the atmosphere wherever we're at. Amen. 
I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care who you have to work with. I don't care how much they curse. I don't care what they do, the parties that they do. We can change the atmosphere if we stay full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. There's just something about a child of God. There's just something about that child that is sold out to God and been filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. There's a love. There's a compassion. There's a zeal. There's a desire. There's a determination. And the list goes on and on and on. There's no reason why the church ought to go around with their heads hanging down when we serve the great I Am, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my Savior. And most of all, He's my coming King. And I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm looking for Him to come just about any moment. Amen. Change the atmosphere. God, that ought to be our prayer today. Help me to quit complaining and help me to learn to change the atmosphere. I don't have to be bound today. It's our choice to stay bound. I don't have to be lost. It's my choice if I'm going to be lost or if I'm going to be saved. Amen. I have to make up my mind which way I'm going to go. Amen. And which way, what place I want to live for eternity. It's a choice, God. Give it to us. It's a choice to be happy or sad. It's a choice if you want to give or not give. If you want to give joyful, God says, be a cheerful giver. Come on, it's not always talking about money when we, when we talk about giving. We give our time. We give ourselves. We come to church. We don't, we don't sit on a pew and say, I wish I was somewhere else today. Come on, I'm glad when they said, let us go to the house of the God. Amen. I got joy. I got peace in this place today. It's a sanctuary. It's a hiding place. It's a place of refuge, amen, that we can come to. And feel the presence of God, amen, and have a peace of mind. It's a peace where the, where the church comes, the body of Christ comes together, and we come with one mind and one accord. We're in unity. We are a unified body. I may not be the pastor, but that's all right. I've got a place in the body. You may not be a singer, but that's all right. You've got a place in the body. Don't, say to, don't give the devil a place and say, well, I'm not here. I'm not wanted. I, you, you are wanted. You are needed. Just get up and get in your place and let God use you for the kingdom and the glory of God. There is a work to do. My God, my God, I said there's a work to do. All we got to do is get up and do it. I can't sit around my house and say, I wish somebody would come by and mow my yard today. Most of the time, the weeds get higher and higher and higher. And people drop by and say, wonder what happened to him. He used to. I don't want to be a used to Christian. I want to have that joy today. I want to have that peace today. I want to be about the master's business today because the Bible says today is a day of salvation and now is the accepted and the appointed time. Tomorrow might be too late. 
I said, tomorrow might be too late. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not even promised the rest of the day. So you better do what you're going to do today. If you plan on worshiping God today, you better do it now. Amen. You better do it today. Amen. Not let the devil tell you, I'm going to get back. I'm going to worship him tomorrow. I'm going to wait till the next time. Amen. We better do it today because the day is promised, not promised to none of us. Perhaps it was Pastor Kilgore's ideal to auction the flower for missions or possibly a sensitive soul in the congregation offered to purchase the flower, but the church auctioned off the single bloom for tens of thousands of dollars for the cause of global missions. That's powerful. Because God got in the midst and he began to change the atmosphere. We say this is a little church. We can't do this and we can't. All things are possible to those that believe and trust in him. We got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. We got to have a faith without coming to God in faith. It's impossible to, to please God. But if we come in faith, all things are possible. We just got to do what we got to do and let let God do the rest of it. It all happened because of one little girl who didn't want to go to Sunday school without an offering. But because of the obedience, and not only because of her obedience, but because of the obedience of a Sunday school teacher, and her promptness to share the story and the flower with the pastor. And because of the sensitive pastor, listen, we all got to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. It ain't just his duty to come in here and pump and prime, amen, and do his thing and us sit on the pew. We all ought to come ready to worship. We better all come ready to pray. We better all come expecting a miracle. We better be believing for our soul to be delivered. We better come believing for somebody to walk out of here healed today. The Holy Ghost didn't come until they were all in one mind and one accord. But the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, amen, it was fully in one mind and one accord. They had got their minds on one thing, and that's being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when they got their minds unified on God and God's greatness, I can't do anything without God. I don't know what you can do without him, but I, it won't get very much done without God. Amen. I'm nothing without him, but through him, by him, in him, we can do all things. Amen. Against it, I want to be pulling with it. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of us ever plowed with a team of horses or, or, or whatever, but you know, you want them going in the same direction, you're gonna have a mess when they start going every other direction. But when we get together, 
we get in a unified body, a unified mind. Amen. We're strong. We can accomplish things in God. Amen. Praise God. He was prompted to the story, uh, to share the story in the fire with the pastor, and because of the sensitivity of the pastor who shared the story and raised many thousands of dollars for missions, like the widow woman who cast in her two mites, which was all that she had. Somebody say she gave everything. That's what God wants today, everything. We're so scared about losing everything. We're so afraid about what we got to give up or what we got to quit doing. The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you as he sees fit. If we give God our everything, we ain't got to worry about nothing because he promised that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Brother, the old saying goes, he owns every mountain and the taters under him. <laughs> Amen. I guess most of you ain't never heard that. That's old school. It's old school. Amen. But he does. If it wasn't for God, I would have nothing today. Everything I have, God gave it to me. Oh, my God. My God, my God, my God. Ooh, hallelujah. I said, everything I got, God, give it to me. Amen. You might say, Brother Rose, I work for my living, but who gives you the breath? Who gives you the ability? Who helps you? Who watches over you? Who protects you? I'm telling you, God put the food on my table this morning. I might have labored a little bit, but thank God he gave me the strength to do it. Amen. And he is supplying your needs too. You're not here just because you was invited. You're here by divine appointment. God made a way. God made a way. Somebody ought to raise their hand and say, Thank you, Lord, for making a way for me to be here today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We will never know down here how many souls our mission offerings have helped to win to God. We, we may take several offerings around here, and that's okay. I mean, you know, you pay more than one bill. You got a light bill, you got gas bill, you got sewer bill, you got all these kind of bills. Amen. We got bills in church, too. Amen. So we have to give. Oh, we do give. We don't have to. You can sit on it and pass away with it. Or we can share. We can give. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. 
I'm talking about obedience today. Amen. I'm talking about being obedient in whatever God asks us. Amen. Sometimes he's going to ask us for things that we don't think we're able to give or, or can afford to give. But God will never ask you to do something that he won't make sure you're able to do. Amen. Hallelujah. You might say, well, I don't have it right now. But don't you know that you're still serving the same God that said, I'll make a way where there is no way. All we got to do is start praying, God, I need you to make a way. If you want me to give it, you got to make a way. We got to learn how to trust him. He won't let you down. He won't forsake you. But he will make a way for you. Amen. But one day, when we get to glory, we're going to hear him say, because of your obedience and because of your faithfulness, look around and see all the souls that you have saved. People you don't even know, but because you gave or because you did something to promote the kingdom, I used what you gave to, rent, to win these souls. Amen. The insufficiency of just hearing God's word. James says in one, James 1 and 22, But be ye, doer, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, we can shout about the word when it goes forth. But what do we do with the word once we've shouted about it and we walk out these doors? Amen. Do we carry that word home with us in obedience? Or do we leave it on the pew for somebody else? Oh, I, I, somebody's going to come by and pick up that word one day and they're going to take a hold to it and they're going to be blessed because they dared to believe what God had asked of them to do. Amen. And they're going to say, well, I want this kind of God. I need this God in my life. I, I'm tired of trying to serve a God that never helps me. And I feel bound all the time and, and addicted. I'm bound to addictions and all these. I'm talking about a God that will bring you out of that hell hole. I'm talking about a God that will deliver you from drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about a God that will take away the filth and the desires of the world. Amen. And he'll give you a brand new life. He'll turn you around. Amen. All things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new. But we got to be doers of the word. Not just hearers only. Amen. Jesus was finishing his sermon on the mount from there. He would go down to the mountain, down that mountain, and begin to walk toward the cross. As he closed the sermon, he told a story of two builders. They both scoped out the land to find their perfect place to set up a home and settle down. One of the builders looked down in his feet, and he saw sand. He unloaded in his pack and passed up his pickaxe and his chisel and his hammer. Those three things meant work. He picked up a shovel and dug a few feet until he was satisfied. Then he unpacked his hammock and he smiled at how easy this was. 
Let me tell you, it's not always easy serving God. Sometimes you got to pick up the axe and the pick. And sometimes you got to chisel away. Oh, come on, somebody. My God, my God, sometimes we got to work at it. Sometimes we got to hold on when we don't even feel nothing. And it seems like God has left us alone. We still got to dig. We still got to plow. We still got to sow. We still got to do whatever we got to do to hold on. Because that he that endures until the end, the Bible says, the same shall be saved. It's not always easy. Sometimes we're on the mountain and it's wonderful there. Everything is going good and it seems like we'll never have to go back down in that valley. But Sister Wallace, you know better than any of us. Sometimes God takes us back into that valley again. And we suffer and we dig and we cry and we pray. Amen. But we always remember that God is with us. God, we always know that our God is with us and will never leave us or forsake us if we put our faith and our trust in him. He's healed me enough that I know there's nothing impossible. He's put finances in my pocket and I know he'll supply my need. He's put food on my table and I don't have to doubt him. I know he's a God that will supply my need. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He picked up that old shovel and thought how, how easy that was. Just took relax in that old hammock and probably went to sleep. That's what happened to the virgins. Five of them, they fooled around and went to sleep. They didn't keep their vessels full of oil. They didn't check, make sure they still had oil in the lamp. They knew Jesus was coming at the midnight hour. Amen. But they thought they had enough oil to last them. They didn't pray today. But listen, we got to keep on that firing line. We cannot allow our flesh to overrule us and keep us from that prayer room. Amen. Uh, reaching out to cry. I thank God for a church that will line our kids up uh, and pray over them. I thank God for mamas and daddies uh, that will support our kids. Uh, God only knows they're going through hell out there in the schools today. We need some mamas uh, and daddies and forget about what they want to do and get on their face and cry out to God and say, God, protect my sons and my daughters today from the filth and the corruption of this world that teachers are trying to pound into their little minds. Amen. Every one of us would like to homeschool our children, but some of us are just not able to. I mean, finances look us in the face, and it takes both mom and daddy to make a living today. And the devil knows. He knows all of these things. But the devil ain't going to keep me off of my face and keep me from praying for my grandbabies. I cry out to God, to God. For God, you keep. 
keep them and protect them. Don't let the devil warp their minds with this filth and corruption of this world. If we lose them, hell is going to get them. Somebody needs to stand up and stand in the gap and make up the hedge. We worry about them, but when do we worry enough to get on our face and pray? Do we worry enough to fast? Do we worry enough to cry out to God, protect my babies? We can talk about it, but talk is worthless if we don't do something about it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and the hearken is better than the fats of rams. That's what the King Solomon told Saul. Obedience. Church, we ain't got time to talk about it. We got All we got time for is to pray about it. Seek God about it. And if we ain't getting through with just our prayers, it's time to push back that old plate and say, I'm fasting today. I'm giving my fast today for my babies. Devil, you're not taking my babies. They belong to God. And I'm going to be a light before them. I'm going to be an example to them. Whenever they grow up, they'll say, my mom and daddy taught me the ways of God. going to look at me one day and say, Dad, why didn't you take me to church? Why didn't you take me to Sunday school? Oh, you think they're going to want to go all the time? No, not all the time. They're not. Neither do some of us, do we? Sometimes we'd rather be doing other things. It's getting quiet now, ain't it? Yeah, it's getting quiet now. But let me tell you, what's most important? What is most our priorities? Where's our priorities at? What's most important to us is them babies, is your mama, your daddy, your brothers, your husband, your wife. Are they more important than what you want to go out yonder and do today? Amen. Wouldn't you rather lead them to the house of God? My God. Wouldn't you rather to be the reason they sit in the house of God today? God reaching down and, and strengthening them, encourage them. You want to know, uh, this brother asked me the other day, what y'all's, uh, what y'all's uh, thing about how do you have a good marriage? I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When everything goes bad, get Jesus on the main line. Hallelujah. Call him up. Call him up. Hallelujah. Tell him what you want. And I promise you he's going to be there. He'll help you solve those marital problems. You ain't got to get up and fight about it every day. You can pray about it. And you can turn hell away from your door. Amen. And you can have a happy home. sleeping medicine so they'll go to sleep at night and you ain't got to take it either when we begin to get a hold to Calvary he'll give you peace that passeth all understanding 
important kid. I guess I got pastor's time in my time too. <laughs> Let me finish, try to finish this right here. I'll try to hurry. I'm good. Thank you, pastor's wife. <laughs> he ain't here, so we ain't going to listen to him, huh? Just play it. Just play it. Just pick it. Perhaps Jesus thought about some of the Old Testament prophets who had preached the word by their audience, uh, but their audience did not listen. Every true prophet of the Old Testament and every minister of the gospel in the New Testament knew what it was like to deliver God's inspired message for a specific occasion only to watch some souls reject the message and walk away unchanged. You do not know the hurt, or maybe you do, because we're really all ministers. How it feels when your heart is so heavy for souls and you're reaching with everything within you. I've literally had them to tell me, don't talk to me about God. I know how to get God if I want God. That may be so. But there is a scripture in the word of God that says unless the spirit calls you, you ain't going to come. That's why people's hearts are so hard today because he has called and he has called and he has called and re have rejection after rejection after rejection. And for some, it's been a long, long time since you felt the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, I don't want to get up a day. I don't want to go through my day without feeling the power of God in my life. Amen. And knowing that God is still walking with me and uh, uh, talking with me, I want to know he's there. I don't want him to leave me or forsake me, but i got to stay close to him that he will stay close to me. So if you feel the tug of the Holy Ghost, you better thank God. Amen, that you're still feeling the presence of God in your life today. And whether you come today or not, you ought to be on your face crying out to God. God, I may not be there today, but I pray, please, don't quit dealing with me. Don't quit dealing with me. Give me the power to stand up and make up my mind. And today is the day I'm going to live for you and serve you forever. One of the most painful things a pastor faces when he preaches every Sunday and every Wednesday is to know that somebody has rejected the word of God. You say, well, he's not God. No, he's not God. He never professed to be God, but he is my shepherd and your shepherd. God put his hand on him. And put him in this place, him and Sister Mahaney, to preach the word to us. Not to compromise it. 
not to water it down to keep from hurting our feelings, but to preach the word. I, my, my brother here, he told me the other day, he said, our pastor preaches against some things that the world is fighting us against today, but he don't back down. He still preaches. Thank God for a pastor that preaches the word. I'm sorry if you get your feelings hurt. We're not here to hurt nobody's feelings. But we're here because we know, and the devil, the Bible says the devil knows he's got but a short time. And he's a working overtime. I'm telling you, he's working from the White House right on down, overtime, trying to destroy our world, our nation. And if we don't wake up and realize that we better wake up and begin to serve God, something is wrong with us today. We are on dangerous ground. We are living in a dark hour. Amen. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine that others could see him in you. So if the word convicts us, don't let the devil turn it around and say, he's just condemning me. Because that's the, that's the word that the devil's using in a lot of people's lives today because they don't want to change. But I don't want to go to that church because they condemn me. You're condemned because you're not, con you're not allowing God to do what he wants to do in your heart and your life. And he's trying to convict you and convert you and turn your life around that you can have life and have it more abundantly. So if he begins to teach or preach something that I need to change in my life, I'm not supposed to throw it over my shoulder and hope Brother Alex gets it. But I am supposed to take it. So Lord, thank you for giving me this day my daily bread. Thank you for giving me what you know I need, not what I want. A lot of times as growing up, as kids, we had rather have a piece of cake than macaroni and cheese. Taters, corn, or peas, and cornbread. You ever have to get the cornbread? I like taters and cornbread. <laughs> but sometimes mama would fix something that I didn't like. But she'd always put it on my plate, a little dab, and she'd say, you don't know it till you try it. The word of God says, try, taste, and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You may wonder why we're doing all this. You see people up running. They tasting and seeing that God is good. Yeah. They're running after God. They're chasing God. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. He was trying to reach God's heart. He was trying to get a hold of something that he wanted. 
I want the heart of God. If I've got the heart of God, i got everything. You know that? I've got love. I've got compassion. I've got whatever I need if I've got the mercies in the heart of God. God looked over the congregation and he had compassion on them. He's got compassion on us today. He's not our judge today. He's our Savior today. But what we don't really preach anymore is one day he will be our judge. He will not be there with love and compassion. But a book is being kept. And just like he said in the scripture, many said, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Haven't I done this? Haven't I done that? And we're good about naming all those things. But he said, you ought to have done these things and not left the other undone. And all of us is push back things that we don't really want to do, but God's word says do it. Come on, don't get quiet on me now. Man. But as the old saying goes, it's not what you want that does you good, it's what you give. God only gives his kids the best. He's only going to give you the best. He knows what's best. How many times you mamas and dads, you heard your kids say, I don't want to do that. But you are going to do it because I know the best. I've been down that road. Well, that was your road. No, it's going to be your road too. You're going down my road. What's wrong with our world today? Because we let our own kids choose the road that they want to go down. But you know what? We are responsible for them. As long as they're under our roof, we're responsible for them. okay to say no. It's okay to pick up their phone and check it out. Some of us are, are wish we would have checked it out a long time ago. Because they can be real sneaky. I know I've got grandkids and we're dealing with some of that right now. But I got a smart wife too and a smart daughter-in-law. My son is about like me. He trusts them until he catches them in the very act. <laughs> not my daughter-in-law, not my wife. She gets on that phone and she calls that son and says, you better look at that phone. Come on, church. He's coming. And if he come today, can do with whatever I can to keep my children and my grandchildren warm. And I will love this church and my pastor and his family and we will try together to keep this all together. But we as a body has to choose to be a part of that body in unity.
to work together. Would you kind of have one? I want to pull in this way. The Bible says a house divided will never stand. We've got to have unity. We've got to be in one mind and one accord. And we see our brother fall. We don't push him down. Say, I don't know what my brother might have done, but if he fell, I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to strengthen him. I'm going to hold him up before God, and God is going to help him have a desire to get back up. We've all fallen, Brother Trey. We've all come short of the glory of God. I wish to God I could do it over, and I probably wouldn't make it good that time. But I know things now that I didn't know then that I would make better now. But you know what? We've got only one life to live. But then God gives us that born again life where we can get all those other things under the blood that we didn't do right, repent of our sins, and turn our hearts to God. And he said, we're going to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. How many are thankful God gave you a second chance to become a new creature? He said, all things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new. God, I want you to make new things in my life. I want to become new in you. I want to be everything you want me to be. I want to be that light. I want to be that example. Whatever it takes, I want to be willing and obedient to you. Whatever you ask of me, I want to be willing. I don't want to fight against you, but I want to be for you. I want to be a light and an example. He told Nicodemus, and I'm closing. He told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. How can I be born again? Nicodemus asked. He said, in my mother's womb, entering the second time. And I know we, we think that's an ignorant question, but it's really not because there's a lot of people in this world today that do not know how to be born again. They don't. We just take it for granted because we are, and they, we think they should know. It's not shaking a preacher's hand. It's not joining a church. It's not confessing my sins to somebody else. The Bible says, we must be born of the spirit and of the water. He said, except you be born again, you won't even see the kingdom of God. Born again means changing, becoming a new creature. Just like when we was first born, there was no sin in us. We was born into a world of sin. But we had sin because we knew we sin. But then we begin to know sin. And then maybe we even dabbled in it. Well, we all have one way or the other. We have to all be born again. There's no way around it. Adam and Eve chose that road of sin, so sin was passed down to me and you. But God didn't leave us hanging. He prepared a sacrifice. He was that sacrifice. 
He robed himself in flesh. He became a man. He was still God, but he became a man. Born of a woman. And he walked up and down these old highways. And he watched humans that he made live on the edge of life. He grieved at what he saw, just like whenever he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah and in the days of Noah, he was grieved at the hardness of But he took an old rugged cross to pay a debt for us that we owed that we could never pay. We can't even imagine the pain, the agony that he went through for us. It wasn't just being nailed to a cross. He was beaten He was spit on. They placed a crown of thorns in his head. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. He could have called 10,000 angels to take his place, but he didn't. I don't want nobody to take my place either. I want to pick up my own cross and He looked down in his dying breath at those that were crucified. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Still in his love and his mercy, he blessed his own son, giving you and I what we deserve. And he took his last breath before that last breath. Debt had been paid that I owed that I never paid. But only by his mercy, his grace, was that debt paid. Not just for me, but for all of us. resurrection morning we celebrate Easter not about Easter eggs I'm sorry the vegetable bubble it's not about rabbits and chickens but it's about a man called Jesus the world wants to forget about him so they replace him with a chicken or a rabbit or whatever with all kinds of images and other gods, but there's only one God. There's only one God. The Bible says there's only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And beside me, he said, there is none other. No, there is none other. There's no other God besides him. 
That's why we call upon that name that is above every name. There is only one man that paid a debt for me that I owed, and his name is Jesus. He said in the book of Acts, there is none other name under heaven given among man whereby we must be saved except through the name of Jesus. You can call on every name in this world and not call on Jesus and nobody will be able to save you. But when you begin to call upon that name Jesus, there is salvation in that name. There is power in that name. There's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. And that same God is walking up and down these aisles of mercy today. He's knocking on hearts and doors in this house today. And he says, cast your cares on me for I care for you. Come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burdens light. I wish this house was full of souls today that needed him. Drug addicts, homosexuals, whoever it may be that need God, that they would hear about my God, how much he loves them and what he did for them, and that even though they may be bound in these sins, he wants to deliver them and set them free. Oh, don't get don't stick up that old pride. God saved you. He wants to save them just the same. It don't matter what they're bound by. He wants to break every chain and set the captive free. Amen. He is no respect of person. I don't care who it is. I don't care how deep you've been. He is no respect of persons. We judge people today and we have no right. But God has got the mercy door open right now. And he's calling out, come unto me, all ye that labor. I will give you rest. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you peace today. Peter said, they asked Peter, what must I do to be saved? He said, repent. Every one of you. We all got to do the same thing the same way. Peter set the formula. God gave it to him. Whenever, whenever he asked him, who does men say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are that Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. God revealed to him, Peter that day, who the rock really was. He said, upon this truth, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So he's telling me one thing. Hell has got nothing that can destroy me unless I let it. Be baptized. Why are we baptized? creature in Christ Jesus. And then he said, that's not all. I want to I fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
What's the Holy Ghost? It's the Spirit of God. He said, I don't want to just be with you. He, said, he, t- he told his disciples when he was yet with them, he said, I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to get in you. You see, God is a spirit. And he says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He can walk in me in the flesh, but he is a, he is a spirit so he can get inside me when I invite him in. And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind and one accord in that upper room. And the Spirit of the Lord came in and it sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And when they came out of that upper room, Speaking in heavenly languages, everybody around them were confused and they thought they were drunk. A lot of people think we are too when they come in here seeing us shout and run and and worship. They think, these people, I don't know about them. There's something wrong with them. Have you ever seen a drunk man on alcohol or somebody wiped out on drugs? They act kind of crazy, don't they? I don't know how many has ever been to a bar, but they act crazy too. The only thing about it is we like it light in here. They like it dark where they're at. We're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're ashamed of what they're about to do. Amen. So they want it nice and dark. So it's whatever they've done, it's done in the dark. Jesus said, come to the light. Because every sin is going to come to the light one day. Amen. So let that sin come to the light now. He said, it's not just for you, for you, and for your children, and for your children's children, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, the Holy Ghost wasn't just poured out on the day of Pentecost. It's being poured out every day on this whole world. For whosoever will, let him come, amen, and be filled with all. And always the evidence is always the same. They speak in a heavenly tongue, heavenly language, as the Spirit of God gives them the utterance. But you know what's so marvelous about speaking in that unknown tongue? It's because that is the initial evidence of the filling of the Holy Ghost. And when the devil comes by, he can never be able to lie to you because you you've got evidence. When I get pulled over by Brother Greg, <laughs> and he asks me, he said, let me see your license. He already knows who I am, but he wants evidence. So I had to pull out my evidence and give to Brother Greg, and he approves them. And he approves my insurance, and everything is set in order. There has to be an order. Right. Or if it's not, maybe I can plead and beg, maybe can cry a little bit, <laughs> and get him to forgive me one time. <laughs> Please, Greg, just one time. I promise I'll be better the next time. (laughs) And we ask God, fill me with that spirit. And God's grace and mercy reaches down. And begins to fill us with 
the power of the Holy Ghost. Because we need that power to become witnesses and to be able to stand. Remember at the first of the service I said change the atmosphere? That's how we change the atmosphere. It's through not us, but it's through who lives in us that we change the atmosphere. So when we all get filled with the Holy Ghost and we begin to worship God in here, the atmosphere begins to change. Some people are shouting. Some people are running. Some people are crying. Some people are, are dancing in the Spirit. Just That's the way it was on the day of Pentecost. Go back and read the Word. It's all in the Bible. Everything we're doing is in the Word. It's just the world wants to change it and make you feel bad because you're getting something that they can't get or haven't got. I'm going to hold on to what I got. And I'm closing. I'm closing with this. The Bible says in Romans, the 8th chapter, I think it's, the, I don't know, maybe the 8th or ninth verse, somewhere along the 11th verse. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, It's also going to quicken your mortal body. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We got to have that power, that spirit in us. And we got, that's what rep, the all that I talked about earlier, that all represents the Holy Ghost. We got to keep our vessels full of oil, our lamps trimmed and burning. We don't know the hour or the day when He's coming, but we know He's coming. But our duty, our deal is we got to stay ready. Are you ready? If Jesus comes today, are you ready? If he decides to call your number today, are you ready? Only you can keep yourself ready. Let's sing. Let's all stand, please.